0: Smoking Guns Podcast, covering San Antonio Pro Football from uh, San Antonio. Not just San Antonio. We've got folks all the way down in uh, the coast. That's me. Um, I'm all the way down here at the coast, but our other two folks are tried and true San Antonio and stuck there. I would say stuck there. It's summer. Uh, The coast is really fun in the summer. Uh, My name is Phillip I'm one of the hosts. For the show, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Leo. What's up, Gunslingers Posse? And R.C. Woods.
1: Hello, beautiful people.
0: We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That's all-inclusive. We deal with the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL, but they're in the off season, so we're not going to talk a ton about them tonight. But we also deal with the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, the five and one league-leading San Antonio Gunslingers, who finally return home from uh, their long road trip, only to walk into a shark attack um, at yeah. the Freeman Coliseum on Sunday afternoon. And that's as good a place to start as any, Leo. Wow. Um,
2: that's a that's a game. Not the homecoming we were hoping for, for Uh, sure. For sure. Jaws three or something?
1: Jaws three? Jaws three.
0: There are four Jaws movies, I believe.
1: That was Jaws five then on Sunday. Jaws
0: Jaws three was actually Jaws three D, and it was terrible.
2: Okay,
1: they Um, got
0: that
2: one. It was I, definitely a horror show. It was not safe to go into the water, if you call that fifty-yard uh, field the water for that game. Yeah, it was ugly
0: from the beginning. Yeah, uh, like from the start, it from started rough, and it got yeah from the kickoff. Um, the gunslingers just were were yeah. not up to the task. Um, the the sharks came to play. And maybe that's the best place to start. Um, this felt like and we've, we have not mentioned this all week, or all, all season on the show. But when you're five and O, when you're three and O, four and O, five and O, when you're leading the league, you get you develop a target on your back. Yep. And it became very clear, uh, Leo, you've got some stories I want you to share here in a second. But it became very clear, even over the broadcast, that the Jacksonville Sharks came, and this was their this was their Super Bowl. Yeah, this was their they they wanted this win more than life
2: itself. Yeah, you, know, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I I said to uh, some people on the sideline as we were watching this game. I was like, this is like their Super Bowl here. This is how they how they prepared for it. Obviously, it was evident.
0: Uh. Sam Castronova played an incredible game. He did. Arvell Nelson did not. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all.
2: Arvell looked bad. No, um, yeah, he, he had the worst game of, of the year by, by far.
0: Raul, check it in, says uh, on, on YouTube with us, he says, in my opinion, it was more the gunslingers shooting themselves than a shark attack. Shark attack. They just took advantage of the turnovers. Look. The story of this game, and there's lots of things we can talk about. Lagluster play on the defense. Uh, We can talk about our kicking game versus the Sharks kicking game. All of that. But this game came down to three turnovers in the end zone. You can't turn the ball over in your end zone three times against a poor team and hope to win. You certainly can't do it against one of the better teams, if not one of the best teams in the league. Um, you're not going to win that game. If you can them the ball in your, in the end zone three times, um, that's a 14-point that's a swing every time we did that because we took a touchdown off the board for us, and they re- took that ball and went down the field and put it on for them. So three times, three times 14, who are my math
1: not people me. out there?
0: <laughs> uh, that is 44 points. Difference, did I do that right? No, 40,
1: maybe
0: 43.
1: 43, very close, very
0: close. 42. There you go. It's 42. I hate when we do math on this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's 42, it's 42
2: points. (laughs) Uh, and and that's the difference. Um, absolutely, yeah. And that's not okay. So, you talk traditional turnovers, we're talking the interceptions. Arville Nelson had an absolutely atrocious game, Um, he did, but those weren't the only turnovers you could talk about the turnover on downs that we had which we had a couple of those as well which um i'm surprised i
0: haven't gotten chided in the comments yet uh ralph judkins is there and he counts turnovers on downs as turnovers in this league are. it is the same thing yeah. um so you turn over the ball on downs means you left an empty frame i use kind of a bowling uh, mentality. If you leave an empty frame, if you leave pin standing at the end of your time, bowling, it's an empty frame. You did not do all of the work you could do. If you leave a possession without scoring any points, that's an empty frame. And in this particular version of football, empty frames will kill you. Big time. And they did big
2: time. And it's even magnified when it's against a good team. Like the, like the sharks are yeah. and 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 especially when that good team comes in to your home arena really really wanting to make a statement badly
0: so the players of the Jacksonville Sharks were coming down here to prove coming up here cuz i think we're i we're over here let's say over here yeah um to prove something the coaches were coming to prove something Everybody. maybe even the h2o distribution specialist for the for
2: the sharks needed to prove something right leo they're bobby boucher i guess you know (laughs) i i I, everyone in the organization obviously came over here with a chip on their shoulder really really wanting to make a statement and come out of uh the hemisphere arena with with a with a big winner freeman freeman coliseum
0: sir (laughs) <laughs> right, I'm showing my age there,
2: uh, <laughs> Freeman Coliseum with a with a big W. Um, I do have a story on that, so everybody knows uh, the captain. Uh, he you know, Soup Mike Steele walks around the the arena. Yes. We know him from from okay. Brahma's as well, Captain Brahma, and he's continuing that captain theme the, with his shield um, and the 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 great costume that he does, uh, and walks around and you know engaging fans. Um, and then we also have uh, the Gunslinger's Bandit, Rick Vela, uh, who walks around with him. And he's got the the, the the bandana hood mask and the serape with the Texas logo and the red, yes. white, and blue. Love Love and, awesome. And he's been at the um, uh, watch parties. Great couple of guys there that, you know, super fans that really like to show their fandom and engage all the fans and have a good time doing that. And they're there for the gunslingers games and they were walking around and they were on that side. They came over and told me this during the game. They're like, Leo, you, you would never guess. He's like the, the water boy over there is wanting to pick a fight. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking what? about? And they're like, so we're over there near their bench and talking to fans and having a good time. And the gunslinger bandit noticed that uh, Mr. H2O down there is mad dogging him, giving him the evil eye and, and, kind of really giving him like the, he's like man it looks could kill he's like throwing daggers at me and i'm like what's going on over there and it's like i don't know that he noticed it and he looks over to to uh mike and says hey man look at check out the water boy look look what he's doing and he's mad dogging me over there and so they're kind of laughing about it telling me and soup mike Steele he says you know he had a bottle of water and he's like i I told him, I was like, Don't worry, water boy. I got water. I'm good. You don't you don't need to be you don't need to be mad at me. I'm I'm okay, drinking, I'm drinking my H2O. Okay. And so at that point, I, I looked at the, the gunslinger bandit and I was like, Well, that must be what it is, man. You have your mouth covered, and there's no way for you to hydrate during the game, and he's upset with you because you're not getting the water you need while you're making your rounds around the Coliseum. So he lifts up the bandana piece, and there's a mask below that, but there is a mouth hole. And I was like, "Did you see? Did you show him that? You need to show him that, so maybe he won't be so mad. He won't be mad dogging you like that." But when we're making jokes, of course. But it just goes to show when the water boy is out there and seeing gunslinger, you know, um, mascots or fans, and and giving them dirty looks from the field, that just shows you the attitude that this team came in with. And I don't think the gunslingers, from what they showed us on the field, they were not prepared for just how big of a target they had on their backs. Just how much this team came in, this organization from top to bottom, apparently, came in wanting to make a statement and really put the gunslingers down or put them in their place, I guess you could say. And they did that. They came in and made a statement. The gunslingers were not ready for what hit them. And, uh, yeah, it was it was an ugly ugly game if you were a gunslingers fan.
1: Well, I think with the 5 and 0 record, you're always going to have a target on your back. I mean, everybody wants to beat the best.
2: For sure. And they came yep. with
1: that attitude and they showed up, you know.
0: Well, and what what other team in the NAL has the target on their back? Usually it's your championship team, right? Team. The team that won the championship yeah. last year is the one everybody's gunning for. Well, not this year. Albany is a mess. They're not going to win another game for the rest of the season. They (laughs) lost another coach. They have let go of their coach, maybe. We don't even know anymore. We can't even tell what's coming out of Albany. So it's not Albany that has the target on their back anymore anymore. And that, I think, shifted over to San Antonio because they're like, ah, San Antonio is winning, but they're only winning by one or two. We've talked about that and and all of the issues around that. Uh, and we'll talk more about that because that was a cluster this week too. A.B. was supposed to play and, and then didn't play because he doesn't have his physical done. <laughs> but the commissioner of the league... The commissioner, Chris Siegfried, who, by the way, is planning on being on this show next week on June 5th. We have confirmed uh, now things can change in a week. It happens. But right now, Commissioner Siegfried is planning on being on this show, the the Smoking Guns podcast next week, uh, and we will have some time with him. The commissioner came out before the game, before the game ever started and said, His physical is not an issue. If he wants to play, he's an owner in this league, and he can play. Uh, But A.B. hid behind this. uh, My physical isn't done. I even saw an interview where he said, I can't go by different rules than the rest of the players. That's not right. Um, So I need to have my paperwork taken care of. You had two weeks. You announced that you were going to play in this game two weeks ago. You could have done your physical. Um, So even that whole... I'm no better than any other player stick is ridiculous. AB has ruined uh, the Albany empire. And so they can't be the ones with the target on their back. That just kind of shifted over to us.
2: Yeah. I mean, gunslingers right now, or not right now, but going into this game, looking like the class of the NAL, you know, being undefeated. And like you said, all the talk about the close games and everything and, Jacksonville, you know, being a good day, a, a good team themselves, and also having made you know some improvements, um, yeah, oh, definitely yeah. wanted to come in and and make their statement. And boy, did they!
0: Remember that Sam Castronova was on the Albany Empire team that we beat. Yeah. Yep, uh, at the end, uh, or you know, by one po- at the last second of that game up in Albany, yep. he had something to prove in this game. He's also with a new team. Uh, and wanted to prove that that is a big deal. Um, and and the other thing I want to say is that isn't going to stop. No. like We're not going to stop getting everybody's best swing because the rest of our schedule are teams that need desperately a win. Orlando, West Texas, Albany, Orlando, Carolina, which will be gunning for that top spot by that point, and Fayetteville, every single one of those teams – is still going to be coming with their best shot. That doesn't go away just because, well, we took a loss. Okay, no. we're just like everybody else now. We're, we're fallible too. The rest of the league doesn't see it that way. They see San Antonio still sitting on top of the mountain, and we all played in the schoolyard, king of the mountain. When you're standing on top of the mountain, everybody's coming for you, and that's where we are right now, and we continue to be there. We took one bad loss, but it's one loss. Um, I've seen folks dropping the San Antonio Gunslingers all the way down to third in their power rankings today because of this one loss. Man, it's one loss. It was a bad loss, right. but it was one loss. Um, the the Gunslingers. I just read you the schedule. Orlando should be a win. They do have. We we're going to get into this later, but they do have a new quarterback and a guy that has something to prove against San Antonio when they come in on Sunday. Jonathan Bain is going to be taking snaps for the Orlando Predators, and don't think he doesn't want to prove that we made a mistake by by letting him go at the beginning of the season. You've got Orlando coming in, West Texas, and Albany. Those are our next three home games. All of those teams uh, are, are teams that we should beat. I'm not saying we will. I'm saying we should beat all three of those teams Then we go out to Orlando. We will have to see by week 13 what they look like um, because they do have Jonathan Bain. They have picked up a lot of these players out of Albany. Um, Darius Prince, although I heard a rumor today, is this is all rumor. There's no, I have no confirmation on this, that Darius Prince may have made a social media post that sounded like he was leaving Orlando. Hmm. Uh, One of those thanks for the great times. It's been wonderful to represent the city of Orlando kind of moments, but nothing really backing that up. So uh, keep an eye on that. If you, if you know where to look um, and see if he continues to remain in Orlando. Um, So we go out to Orlando on week 13. That's a game we should win the big game. The one that everybody should point to already is week 15. um, As we go out to, the Carolina Cobras, we go out to Greensboro, Carolina, to take on the Cobras. The Cobras are a good team. Yes, They're they are. a really, really, really good team. And we played them in the first game of the season when they didn't really know who they were, and we didn't really know who we were. Everybody was just feeling things out. And we don't play them again until the second to the last game of the season. By the way, that game takes place on Saturday, July 15th. Do you know why July 15th is an important day it's MV. your birthday. It's not my birthday. Uh, my birthday is this Friday. Uh, my birthday's just a few days away. Okay. Not that that's important anyway, but it is a it birthday.
1: It is important.
0: It is a birthday. July 15th, as the San Antonio gunslingers travel to Greensboro, Carolina, to take on the Cobras, is the third birthday of the Smoking Guns podcast. Our very first episode uh, debuted... On July fifteenth of twenty twenty, so that wow. will be years. that'll be the show's third birthday, if you can
2: believe it.
1: We need to celebrate.
2: Yeah, three years old, huh? So we're we're, we're walking around now. We're wearing pull ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for no sure. Campers for us.
0: <laughs> uh, we finish out the season here at home against Fayetteville, and then we have a very important thing that I think has been overlooked some. Uh, week 17, the final week of the season on everybody else's schedule, is a bye week for the Gunslingers. Mm. We have a guaranteed bye week before the playoffs start. That is huge. Yes. That is huge. Big deal. Uh, we can. Um, uh, Mo says the Gunslingers... The gunslingers can take out the others if they just stay focused. And I think that's true. And by the way, I don't think this was a focus issue. Um I, or do you? Leo, you I, disagree?
2: I think it was part of it. I uh, you know, I, I, I think I mean you're gonna have a bad game. This was a bad game. Uh you're gonna take a loss at some point. You're not gonna go undefeated a whole no, season. You're not get that loss out of the way, learn from it. I think I I, I think it was a wake up call. Um, I do think that maybe there was a little bit of complacency or not complacency, but a little bit of maybe the guys just losing focus with their whole one and O mantra and, and those those ones kept coming. the ones and O's kept coming, you know and, and uh, I think maybe just the focus dropped a, a notch or two. And the reason I say that is because they were just so off offensively. And we've Mm. been, we've noticed this for the last three weeks. Philip talked about it on the show. We have, you know, and we even kind of, when we had Coach Shaw on the show a couple weeks ago uh, with Arvell and Coach Rich, we we kind of alluded to that a little bit uh, in the, um, um, in the Mustangs win, even though it being the, even the score being what it was, how they struggled a little bit. And they kind of, you know, oh, that's when the defense steps up. And we said, well, that that was the great thing about this team is how they trust each other. And when one phase of the game starts to falter, the other, the other phase kind of picks it up and there's not really frustration going on. Um, I saw a little bit of frustration in this game. And um, I I mean, it's it leaked over into the fan base because we saw some, you know, Arvel is is a gunslinger. and so you're gonna take the some of those turnovers with some of the exciting plays that he does uh, when he you know goes off the cuff a little bit and kind of uh, uh, can make something from nothing, but you're gonna go you're gonna take some of the bad with the good with that. But there was a lot more bad than what we're used to. And here the receivers just seemed out of sync. Routes seemed to be not where Arville thought were the balls going into the dirt, being thrown well behind the receivers, Mm -hmm. and then just kind of guys giving each other looks after plays. I saw some of that, and we didn't see that in the previous games, even when things weren't quite right.
1: Well, I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit if I can. I know um, we had talked about maybe Barnett not playing. Because of a suspension. And I think our very own had something to do with him getting that uh, suspension revoked, maybe.
0: We can cover that in a minute because uh, we've got a special guest on the line with us.
1: All right, then.
0: And maybe he can uh, tell us how important the Smoking Guns podcast was to Philip Barnett playing this week. Uh, I don't think it was near as important as I would like it to make it out to be. I will tell you my story how I want the story to be. And then James will probably tell you how the story really is. James Steubing uh, is the general manager for the hey. San Antonio Gunslingers. Hey. Is that all you are? Just the general manager?
1: Oh, please.
0: I wear a lot. Where's of hats. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wears all the hats. Um, he wears a lot of the hats. April and Jordan wear a lot of hats as well. They were with us last week.
3: Yeah. Um, great job.
0: But James is the point person all the way around, general manager. Uh, he is the one responsible for so, so much that happens around the team, and he's joining us today for a few minutes. James, it's good to have you on. This is your first time on the show, right?
3: Correct. Well, I sat in the, uh, yes. the war room that night and uh, just watched on the sidelines.
0: The very first uh, um, new ownership show that we had. You were in the room, but you refused to come sit on the mic uh, and take a mic with us. <laughs> I understand. I get it. Uh, so let's talk about that. You were you were sitting there in our backstage area as uh, RC brought that up. Let's start there. Let's start with Philip Barnett. I want to tell you a story, James, and then you can tell everybody how this isn't the true story. Um, Philip Barnett, we found out actually during the show, as we were talking, uh-oh, I think you may have... Okay, yeah, as we were taping the show last week, we found out that Philip Barnett was going to be suspended by the league for a shot that he took on Anderson from West Texas after the play was over, an open-hand swipe or punch, depending on how you want to characterize it, and, uh, and he was going to be suspended. I went home that night, and I think actually the next night... No, it might have been then. I don't know. At some point, I pulled video of... Lonnie Outlaw for the Orlando Predators doing exactly the same thing. And I said, look, if this guy isn't going to get suspended, our guy shouldn't be suspended. I sent it out to a couple of people. I know it made its way over to you. Here's where my story comes in. I believe you took that video, sent it to the league and said, you've got to suspend both of these players or neither of these players. They looked at it and they said, you know what? We don't want to lose both of these guys. Philip over at the Smoking Guns podcast has saved Philip Barnett's game, and he is going to be able to play because Philip at the Smoking Guns knows what's going on in the NAL world. That's how it happened, right? That's exactly what happened?
3: Not exactly.
1: Oh, wah, wah,
3: wah. <laughs> Boom. So, no. you know, Philip appealed, and it immediately uh, was denied, and then it becomes the owner's responsibility to take it to the to – the, um, Exactly. Owners, all the owners meet on a call. Um, we actually, upon starting the call, we got a lot of support from, from several other teams. Um, it was clearly, uh, Philip was put in a position where he had to defend himself. It was either fall back and, you know, the yard marker was right behind him, the wall, right. another player. He had no idea what he'd be falling back into. And that was our argument going into this, is that he was forced into that situation sure. and had to do something. And, you know, obviously, um, number 10 Anderson wasn't hurt uh, right. by, by Phillips actions, it, it so. really was a push away, but it was very fast. So, yes. <laughs> um, so then that brought up, um, uh, the situation with, with, uh, outlaw is very similar. The, his, 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 uh, chest plate was pulled up into his throat and cutting off his, his, uh, airway. And he felt, you know, scared. He's, you know, he couldn't breathe and he turned around quickly and pushed the guy off. Um, what, what, Because of the circumstances, um, Outlaw's case was still pending to be executed because they had a bye week. So lucky for them, this case came up, and together they looked at both and said,
2: this isn't really fair to either of these guys, and they both got to play. The old Avery Johnson, I will not be mishandled scenario for you guys that remember that um, a a player is – should be in a position where if he feels uh, some sort of physical threat can do something to defend himself and get himself out of that, that sure. scenario. Yep. And, sure.
3: and, and, uh, uh, Phillips long history of being a great player, a professional player right. also played into this. And, uh, so, you know, the majority decided that shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a suspension and, and, uh, fair Well,
0: I'll tell you, James, years from now, this is not how I'm going to tell the story. I'm just going to tell you.
1: Uh,
0: never let the truth get in the way of a good story That's when right. it comes down to it. And so years from now, when I'm telling my grandkids who care nothing about Arena League football in 2023 this story, um, I'm going to make sure they know what a pivotal role uh, my attentiveness to NAL football played in Philip Barnett being able to be on the field for that absolute beatdown. And so that's what we want to talk about a little bit. Uh, The game was not what we wanted to see. It's not what anybody in red, white, and blue wanted to see this weekend. Um, Where are you guys at as a team? Here's the question I've got to ask. I've been watching, as I've mentioned, I pay very close attention to the NAL and I see one team in the NAL. Every time they lose a game, they make sure they clean house and fire their head coach. Are we've we've lost our first game of the season? Is is that on the docket for for us? Are you going to clean house here and uh, go out and find a new coach and and hire some NFL rejects to to be a part of our team like like Albany does? No,
3: no, that's <laughs> not us. Okay, we're good. We're good. We got good to it. know. the
1: different. We're professional. Yeah.
3: Uh, uh, all joking
0: aside, what is what is the feeling right now around the gunslingers? I, I mean, this this hurt. This one hurt. Yeah,
3: we got humbled. Uh, we we went into this not really um, with our head in the right place. I'm glad it happened now and not towards the end of the season. Um, it's time to really you know dig in and 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 pull out um, that fight that we need to have in order to take on these teams. Uh, and Jacksonville is. They've got a lot of great players and they've uh, they've got a great quarterback and they gave us a spanking and they wanted uh, retribution for what we did in their house uh, weeks ago and they got it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So much so that they took pictures on the field with the guns down kind of thing.
3: That's what happens when you lose. You, it is. Yeah. It, it yep. is
0: what happens. But I would not be surprised at all if yourself or Fred Shaw just bookmark those pictures so that a possible playoff matchup, you can pull those out to your team and go, Hey, just remember this. Just, just remember that this is how you felt. Remember how you
2: felt when they were taking this picture,
0: um, and realize you don't want to feel that way again.
2: Yep. Yep. Stuff like that. You put a special bullet in the barrel that you're saving for later.
3: For sure. It puts a fire in the belly, especially when we see them in the uh, playoffs. So we're, uh, we're going to be energized by that more than anything. So you reached out to me earlier today and you said, Hey, I've got some news.
0: I want uh, you guys to know first. And I want gunslingers fans to find out about on the smoking guns podcast. Um, I saved that. I have not I have not put that out there yet because I wanted you to be here for it. Uh, What's
3: what's new. What's new in gunslinger world. What's what's fixing to happen. Uh, Robert Ken Jr. is uh, coming back to suit up. He's yeah. going uh, to be a uh, backup quarterback. He's going to support Arvell. And, um, you know, if the case is needed, he'll he'll step up. And uh, he's, he's just a great, great uh, leader and an encourager. And I, I just can't wait to get back. He, um, you know, he, he's done with his school obligations in mm-hmm. Dallas. And he's ready to, to be a part of a, the championship um, program that we are going to conclude with so So let me immediately kind
0: of take the uh the story that people are going to try to turn this into and say oh arvell had a terrible game on sunday and by tuesday they went and found another quarterback to be his backup the his leash is short and they're 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 getting ready to replace arvell this is not something that has happened over the last two days
3: right no no we've been talking for weeks uh when it was appropriate and um you know, we love Robert Kent Jr. He's absolutely. He's a, he's a phenomenal uh, player and uh, part of the gunslinger team and he deserves to be back in the ranks and, and walk with us. So we're, we're looking forward to having him. And um, you know, one game doesn't make uh, a a bad player and and Mm Arvell is going to have the full support of the team. Um, And we're, we're looking to really uh, uh, clean some clocks and, and add some points to our to our tally when we uh, get done with Orlando this weekend.
0: Yeah, this is huge. I've actually been uh, pointing to something like this all season. Anytime I've talked about Robert Kent Jr. And said, you know, a perfect position to have Robert Kent Jr. Be part of your team is to back up an all-star guy like Arvell. And he still is, he had a bad game, but he's still um, one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Oh yeah. Uh, But as a backup and kind of a bench coach or, or, you know, just that guy that has an extra set of eyes, he has seen so much over his career that when Arvell comes off the field, those two guys and the amount of experience that you have between the two of them, they could really start, hey, did you see this? Uh, hey, did you catch that? They're doing this. One of the big things that Jacksonville did this week is they played soft on coverage. They they sent everybody back. We don't want to let anything get behind us because that's where we got killed against San Antonio in Jacksonville. We're not going to let that happen now. It, if Arvel and Robert are both able to diagnose that, they can begin to scheme that in real time mm-hmm. instead of waiting until they get home and watching film. Um, this is great. This is a great thing, but this is not something that you guys – uh, knee jerked because Arvell had a rough game. This is yeah. something you guys have been working on for a while, right? For
3: sure, for sure. It was always the plan. Once he got done with his school commitments, we uh we have to bring him back in. He's he's a gunslinger too, through and through. Raul Davis says, What
0: people don't understand is Robert is a great coach himself. That's true. He's coached in the IFL, he's coached around several leagues. He can help our quarterback one for sure, and that is absolutely true. Uh, yep. very, very exciting. Speaking of quarterbacks, we got a quarterback coming to town this week as part of the Orlando Predators that we have a little bit of familiarity with. Maybe not as much as we thought we would have this time uh, of the year, yeah. but Jonathan Bain is part of the Orlando Predators coming in. Uh, how does that? How does that play? How, how do you? I know what Coach Shaw would say to me. We're not worried about who they are. We're not worried about who their quarterback is. We're going to play right. our game. We're going to be 1-0. Like, I get that. I understand that that's his line. Uh, on an organizational level, um, does that mean anything that Jonathan Bain is the one that's going to lead the Predators into the Freeman Coliseum this week?
3: No, I mean, this is his first game with them, so that's going to be, you know, tough for the team to gel. And, sure. um, they've you know, they've struggled with gelling this, you know, these past few weeks. So uh, we're not too worried about that, and uh, we just we were glad to see uh, Jonathan get back into the league and and be used and and be able to play. He's a great guy with the great skills, so um, we're just happy happy he's able to, to take the field and sure we're gonna you know we're gonna give him our best,
0: but absolutely. Uh- Let's talk about outside, off the field stuff, because you're, in, you're responsible for all of that, too. Yep. Um, I wasn't able to be at the game. It was graduation weekend for my daughter, and so I was incredibly busy here. Uh, I did get to watch the game with my father, who has not uh, caught a whole lot of NAL football. And he was very intrigued, uh, asking questions and very interested and wanted to know where these games are broadcast so that he can watch them uh, up in Dallas. When they go back, uh, now that they've gone back home, so we may have made another gunslinger fan out of the fact that I couldn't be there. That's always good news. Um, tell us a little bit about how it went on Sunday, military appreciation. How did that all roll off? How did you feel about all of that?
3: Yeah, so uh, you know, we we were preparing. We were trying to get everybody there that we could. Uh, about the same amount of people as, as the first game. Do you have a number uh, as far as attendance? I do. I've given it to uh, Ralph, but um, oh, okay. I want to say twenty four thirty four is what comes to memory, but okay. Um, he has the the initial one. Very similar crowd, and uh, you know, from an execution standpoint, I mean, that's that's what I work towards. Is every week trying to make sure sure everything everybody gets honored, nobody gets left out, no mistakes in terms of you know honoring people or, or recognizing people. And uh, we had Trey Ware spoke. Uh, mm-hmm. On the the importance of Memorial Day, which was phenomenal, and uh, Randy Carroll did the, uh, the the national anthem and yes. and uh, Manny Ruiz, uh, uh, one of the presidents at American Bank, one of our big sponsors our partners this year, uh, prayed for us and and it was it was off to the races. We had a very smooth rollout, uh, one of the best ever, and we were off to to playing, and uh, I couldn't have been more happy with my team pulling all that together. We've got some phenomenal people. You know, I've, I've seen you comment that, do these guys ever sleep? Well, not really. but <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you don't know, have
0: time. You, you no, don't. No. You
3: don't have time. with. I don't even have time to mow my yard. It's just that – just everything is just so intense, getting everything delivered every week. Even when we – you know, this time of period of way games, you know, six weeks on the road, we're still working hard to, you know, get social out and keep people interested, get watch parties delivered. And um, it's a constant effort, but we've got – an incredible group of people that just day in day out um, just deliver. And uh, you know, we just love um, serving and, and providing this, this, this awesome entertainment experience to, to people. And it's, it's very rewarding.
0: One of the new things uh, Leo was really excited about. I want him to be able to uh, highlight it and tell everybody about it. That may not have been at the game themselves. And then we, want to make sure we thank you for our part of it that we didn't know it was even coming, Leo.
2: Yeah, so uh, first of all, James, uh, definitely want to say uh, congratulate you and the team and say thank you for all the effort that you guys and work you put into all of this. Having been there, witness it firsthand, I, I could tell you it was uh, very impressive, uh, quite the big success um, uh, as far as, as as everything off the field. Um, I know of one uh, family, military family of six that were there first time at a game, uh, enjoyed it, s- assured us they were going to be coming back um, because uh, despite the outcome of the team, they felt bad. They said, maybe we jinxed the team. They were five and zero until we showed up. I heard, heard said No, said. no, no, no. That's that's that, that's not the case. So they said, oh, we'll be back because we had a great time. And they were appreciative of um, the military appreciation. uh uh, event that 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 you guys put together and something something I had never seen before and I know uh, Jacqueline Bridges I believe is her last name she was uh, mm-hmm. down near where I was and is uh, ex Army and was surprised when the six shooters came around and and handed her the little envelope and she opened up brought her to I could I stand there and I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying this it brought her to tears seeing that and feeling the appreciation and she mentioned her words. She said, "You know, a lot of times we get thank you for your service, this or that." She goes, "But this, this was personal. This, this, this was really special." I said, "I've never seen anything like that before." She says, "Nor have I. This, this was really, this is something really special." She, you know, uh, for those that don't know, they were handing out these envelopes to uh, military personnel that were there, both current and retired, and uh, from every branch, and handing them. Uh, off a little envelope that inside of it had a special, I think it was a sticker uh, for the gunslingers and and then the branch of the military that they were from. And then a thank you note from one of the six shooters, personalized, handwritten thank you note from from one of the six shooters in each one of those envelopes. Um, And that was just a very, very special and touching gesture. I'm not even military. And I thought that that was like, incredibly well thought out and and well done and then jacqueline like i said i it, it brought her she was teary-eyed her and and she said this this is something really special and she really appreciated it great guy great job uh, for all of your guys just wanted to say it was uh, amazing
3: actually the credit goes to uh our our cheer coach for putting that together uh, and yeah. the cheer team yeah i was gonna say yeah.
1: Cassidy is just doing a great job with the six shooters it's yeah. more than just cheerleading. And, I'm, you know, I'm the biggest cheerleader there is. But they go the extra mile. And they uh, did an excellent showing marketing on Instagram. When the, uh, one of the cheerleaders, a couple of the cheerleaders, talked about family members that are currently serving or have served. I mean, I couldn't could, could watch that without tearing up. And so I want to say thank you personally because, you really are, it's not just a football team. It's not just a cheerleading squad. You're like family and you're really are, are connecting with the community. And that is beyond thankful and grateful and thank you for everything that you're doing. You really are It's just, yeah. it's really more than just a team.
2: It's a community for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and going beyond that and also in the picture, and this is what Philip was talking about. Uh, you see the military appreciation gain program, which this is new to gunslingers games. And I kind of heard the story behind that where, you know, we saw a program at one of the away games and it was kind of a, like, "Well, hold my beer type attitude where we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to show them what a real game program uh, can be done when, when you do it uh, when you really go all out on it. So here, here's a, I've got mine that I got from the game uh, several pages here with, uh, you know, full color all the way through. Like that's not, that's not cheap poster in the middle you know there's there's uh coach shaw there and the the players um there's a player story on arville nelson and then a a six shooters you got the six shooters featured and uh a six shooter story here for miss madison uh which is uh really cool and as we're flipping through this dolores was looking at it lolice was looking at it and she was really impressed and then she stops and she's like oh oh and i'm like what's, what's going on. And she pulls up this page and shows it to me right here. And unbeknownst to us, there's a a little spot for the podcast here with some pictures of all of us. And she's on there on the picture with me, which I'm really grateful you guys did that because nobody wants to look at a picture of, of me by myself. So, um, but, uh, again, you guys, uh, have always really, uh, Showing a lot of support for what we're doing here in the podcast and doing stuff like that. And it doesn't go unnoticed. Again, we're in you know, our logo on the back where you have some media partners and it was just really cool to see that and great job on, on the program just all together. But then just to, to have the, the podcast in there was a really nice surprise. So thank you guys very much for, uh, for recognizing us on that. You bet. We I would also love like to point the out
0: I would like to also point out that uh, if you notice the picture that uh, of me that appeared there in the uh, the program, um, my beard has actually gotten shorter and darker somehow. That's natural. That uh, <laughs> it got less gray somehow. Uh, just so you know, Ralph mm-hmm. Judkins checking in on YouTube says yes, attendance was twenty four thirty four. Uh, that's a number that is what it is. Of all the things that I was – look, it wasn't the the most exciting day to be a Gunslinger fan, certainly off the field. But the one thing that I really was frustrated with, I guess is the right way to say it, is I really thought we would have more fans show up in the Freeman. Yeah. But it is what it is, and we build from here. Um, It was a holiday weekend. It is their first game back in six weeks. Um, You're battling a lot of things at that point to get people in the stands. But we've heard San Antonio all through Brahma season. If they were a better team, maybe I'd go to Brahma's games. We can't use that argument with the gunslingers. They are the best in the league. So you got to come up with some other crappy excuse because that crappy excuse won't work.
3: We've um, you know, we've out of all the teams in the league, we have the worst schedule and it's because the, the Freeman is so heavily committed to uh, graduations through April and May. So I mean, we just deal with the hand we're dealt. Um, the the April eighth game was was on uh, Easter weekend. Yeah. Uh, this game on Memorial Day weekend, which right is a very tough times to to get crowds in a building. Um, but and then
0: it, and then the game this weekend is on my birthday weekend. It's like a national holiday every time holiday. we have a home
3: game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, not sure what to do about that except for just really work hard and um, right. you know, stay engaged and keep our keep our audience with fresh content. And and uh, to
0: that end, you've been connecting with a lot of new media partners. I know KSAT has recently yep. jumped on as a media partner. Obviously, you've got your uh, spectacular relationship with Texas Sports Productions uh, and their group. Uh, Chris Duhl, uh was part of the in-stadium announcing uh, you know, crew. I don't know what you guys are calling him. Well, uh, and yeah. I don't know if he's going to be back. Is he going to be back beyond – well, game? yeah.
3: So you know, we have always uh, we've been working this whole season to get him up in the PA. Yeah, and uh, uh, our hype man Marcus um, he Marcus Floyd he wasn't able to make this game. So okay. he on the field, and he did a fantastic job. Um, and then uh, you know, we've got a lot of talent that is is connected with us. Trey Ware, Randy Carroll, uh, Chris Duell and uh, we just really appreciate how much they, they love what we do and they want to be a part of it. So um, we've been blessed with um, our our media buyer, uh, Sandra Avant with media Sheriff has worked tirelessly to connect with um, all of the big stations, Alpha Media, KTSA, um, uh, uh, tongue-tied here, KSAT, um, Clear Channel, Um trying to think of others uh, just off the top of my head, but everybody in town that, that has a TV broadcast or radio station, we've tried to connect with and give them an, an opportunity to bring their fans into, into our world. And uh, they've all
2: stepped up and we've just been so appreciative of that. That's incredible. Uh, Speaking of Marcus, is, is he going to be returned? I, I, I will be the first one to admit. Um, and, and when we first heard Marcus, I was one of the first to say, Man, the, the whose house is it our house, whose house our house felt like a little bit over the top because it was so Marcus. I don't I don't know how to de- describe it. But, <laughs> I mean, he really carries that and that that gravelly voice and mm-hmm. and and push that. And, and at first I was kind of like, well, I'm not sure about this, but as it became became a c- kind of became a staple. Of, of a gunslinger's home game, and then I really missed it this last game.
4: Oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> good deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marcus is still very much a part of the gunslinger. So we're, um, we can move people around. They've got skills, they can do different things. So we're, you know, we're, we're very flexible. And uh, have
1: we worked out a, a mascot yet?
3: Oh, boy. Um, Sorry about that. We really want to, we don't want to rush that and, and kind of halfway do it. We want to, you know, do it well. And so we're still trying to figure out how we're handling it. Probably probably a debut next, you know, next season. But um it is definitely has been in our in our meetings and we've talked about different options um for the past few weeks and months. Um yeah, we want to do it right though. And we're not talking about a return of Sheriff Power. Sheriff Power is,
0: has retired, right? He
3: has yeah. moved on to greener pastures. Yeah. Um I wanna do something that really um, you know. Just really, you know, kind of a John Wayne uh, type. Yeah. Oh, I play. like that. There it goes, so.
0: Very cool. Uh, right. So let's talk about this week's game. Uh, we we will be back at the Freeman Coliseum this week on Sunday again at 3 p.m. Uh, what's on tap for this week? You guys are always so great about making each game unique and special. Um, yeah. What have you guys lined up so far?
3: Yeah, we don't want to do the same old, you know, repeat. Any kind of things. Uh we've got uh boomsticks that we're we're ordering and uh hopefully they get here in time. Um so yeah, uh, but you know, lots of noise that can come out of that. Uh we sold out of our super bells, so we're gonna be making more of those. Excellent. Uh, he's got a limited edition, two of a kind. Um
1: there we nice. go. love very
3: it. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll get more of those available. Um what else do we have? We've got, um, we're going to have a musical, uh, a, a band playing. Okay. Uh, before okay. and after. Um, a local band that um, uh, is known kind of in the Lavernia area. It used, used to be known as Quarantine. Ah, I know they've, those guys. They've rebranded, and we're bringing them in. Uh, I wonder why they re- rebranded. I wonder if quarantine <laughs> started
0: to mean something that they no longer wanted to be connected with. I guess so. But, uh,
3: <laughs> we're, we're excited about having them. And uh, uh, just some, some new fun and games, you know, different things that we can do to keep it interesting and fun. And, um, and everyone have a blast.
0: Well, James, I really want to thank you for popping on. I know you're not feeling great. You texted me about an hour ago and said, "Hey, can I do next week?" Well, obviously, next week we hope to have the commissioner on. we we've, we've, I haven't gotten a confirmation yet, but that's the plan. Um, and so I was like, I wouldn't bump you for a whole lot of people, but the commissioner is somebody. And so you said, "I'll, I'll push through." We don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to say, just, I mean, thank you for everything that you and your crew do to make this a reality. Um, we know because we've been around how close this thing was to not being a thing anymore until you guys were able to step in and be a part of that not not anything that the previous ownership you know could have handled or could have done differently they just didn't have the resources that you guys have uh, are able to have at your disposal um and you've really taken it and kicked it kicked it into a completely new gear um, they had a great idea and you guys have just uh, kind of turbocharged that idea and made it that much more
3: um, could not have happened without both of you, but both sets of ownership groups, really. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's the hardest I've ever worked in my whole life.
2: Uh, I bet. Continuous.
3: But it's so rewarding and so much fun to to get to know the players and the fans and you guys. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that person came to y'all and put you together and, started this you know, so long ago and um, that you guys are here to support us and, and walk with us. Um, and, you know, we're, we're happy to get you guys uh, mentions and and draw some attention to your program so that others can, can uh, enjoy the quality content that you guys deliver week after week. So thank you for everything you guys do. We love I, lo-
0: I love that around the Dasher boards, you've got a Smoky guns podcast. I think you have one or two um, of our logo around the Dasher board. I noticed also you have a a Higginbotham Dasher board, one specifically for me. I think that that's (laughs) a little overkill. That's a little much. I I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, But, gee, that seems like a little much. No, Higginbotham Insurance Group, which is another part. Uh, No no relation, or if they are a relation, uh, they – I want to connect with them because they have a lot more resources than I do. And I would love to be a part of that. Uh, but they're another.
3: Are they related to Phil? No. no. <laughs> um,
0: if they want to be, they can be. Like, I'm not going to say no. But, no, they're not related. But it was kind of cool. We were watching, again, with my dad. Um, and my kids were in the room. And they panned across, uh, you know, the on-field camera, panned across. And I'm like, oh, look, they're smoking guns oh, look, that says Higginbotham uh, because they're right across the end zone from one another. And I was like, ah, that's really cool. Um, So we really do appreciate everything that you and April and Jordan and the rest of your team that goes unnamed but does not work any less than you guys do to make all of this happen week in and week out. Um, Not just home games, but away games are also a whole different set of challenges for you guys to take care of. And we really appreciate everything that you put into Thank you yes. professional football in San Antonio James uh the mic is always open anytime we're we're doing the show you have a uh, an open invitation to come and spend time with us uh, along with Jordan and April uh and Don hey if Don wants to come spend some time on a podcast uh hey. Don Rackler, we would absolutely um give him time I don't know that he's much of a podcast guy
3: no. but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll see you if I can talk him into
0: it but we would, uh, we would appreciate, uh, we appreciate everything you guys do for all of this. Sure. I'm very excited to finally be in the building this Sunday for a game. Uh, the last two games have just come at times that yeah. did not work well for a three-hour drive before and after the game. Um, so this one will actually work out.
3: So. Your presence was missed over there in the end zone. So, yep. Well, I'll be there making some noise this
0: week oh, yeah. because that's what this week's all about—is making yeah. noise. Um, that's it, baby. I'll his name is James Stubing. He is the uh, general manager of the Gunslingers and more, uh, and we really appreciate having him on. Thanks so much, James, for your time. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, James. Nice of James to pop on. He was not feeling great, uh, and I kind of begged him to uh, still check (laughs) in with us for a couple of minutes. Um, Nice to have him on. Anything you heard there that was surprising, not what you expected? Man, I just love the way that they're doing this organization. Like I know they won organization of the year last year. If you mm-hmm. ask me right now, they're still in the right. Uh, There's they're still oh, yeah. killing they it. Like they're every week they get better. Next level. Yep. Um absolutely. Okay. And if yeah. I were to say anything to San Antonio, it's you're missing out. Like twenty uh twenty-four thirty-four is not acceptable. San Antonio. That's not on James, that's not on his crew. That's not on the gunslingers. That's not on anybody else at this point. San Antonio football fans, what are you doing, man? Uh, Get out to the Freedom
2: Coliseum and be a part of this. Um, Yeah, I mean, they they put so much effort effort into the production of this and just making things available to fans. The free hats that we didn't even talk about yet, that they gave away, 500 free hats at the games. Uh, you know, red white and blue different different hats they they weren't even uh you know the same hat so there's more work that went in that they they had a different logo on them right uh you know the production that they had with the um with the uh, motorcycle crew or yep. chopper crew mm-hmm. that came in and rode uh, you know uh, rode around with the with the uh, six shooters and just everything that James mentioned and just so much beyond that. The merch table, which we hadn't even talked about, where you went to get the hats and all the new merch. You know, the the the, the jerseys, uh, special uh, edition jerseys that they do. It seems like almost every game now, something different that you can go and, and purchase. And and the line is just phenomenal. People are lining up to buy it because it's good stuff because they put their heart and soul into literally everything they do, and that includes the merch.
0: Correct. Thank um, you, Mike. Yeah, Heidi Higgins, RC's always recruiting. Mm -hmm. Yes, she is. Uh, That's something we love about RC is she is not going to let an opportunity pass by without getting the Gunslingers or the Brahmas or the Smoking Guns podcast out there. Mm -hmm. Even if that rubs people the wrong way. And we have certainly had some people reach out to us and go, hey, can you tell her to cool it? And we're like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) That's not what we do. Um, We're all about building this community around professional football in san antonio and rc is uh better at that than leo and i have ever dreamed at being <laughs> you, um so no yeah. we're not going to tell her to cool it if you don't like the way we handle our business if you don't like the way rc handles our business don't let the door hit you um mm-hmm. you don't have to be a part of this community but we want everybody that loves pro football in san antonio to be a part of it
1: i feel like yeah he came out I sure. you know am sorry i feel like the team's mom like i'm i'm super passionate and i want other people to feel that passion right so i get yeah. excited about it you know what Just, i mean i love talking about the gunslingers i love talking about football in san antonio so if you hate me for that oh well
2: right you have that sense of pride in what they're doing in the community that that's building around it and you know heidi came out uh to this this was her first game and and she was there uh where Lily and i were and we had a great time and heidi's already saying she can't wait to come back for the next one and you know, I can't wait to see her there. So we, we had a good time for sure.
1: Her and her sister Diane, they yes. were great with the Brahmas, and they're going to be great with the Gunslingers. I can tell, and also with the net. You know, Jackie, Annette same thing. Mm-hmm. There were fans from the Brahmas, and then they, came, they hopped on over to be fans of the Gunslingers. You know, the pro is that maybe the Brahmas have better tailgating, but the other pro with the Gunslingers, we have a better record.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. For <laughs> sure.
1: For sure. So, there. so there's um,
0: that. Yeah, we've got more wins already halfway through the season than the Brahmas had all season. Uh, yeah. But moving on, who needs to talk about that? Um, let's talk about the big news there that James was able to break for us. You heard it here first. Woo-hoo. Phil said it first. Actually, James said it first. Um, Robert Ken Jr. coming back to the team. Big. That is big news. Big. That is big, big news. Um, what are your first impressions of the idea of having Arvell and Robert Kent Jr. as your quarterback room here in San
2: Antonio? Well, first of all, relief because yeah. you know, yeah, Arvell had a bad game, but let's say he were to get hurt, or let's say he, you know some guy he's just off, or, or to the point there's you know something going on up here that we don't maybe not right. necessarily know about, and it's a situation where coach. Would would think it's best to pull him and you know let him take a breather and put someone else out there to relieve him. The gunslingers didn't really have that; they didn't have an option. No. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and we've kind of wondered, you know, okay, what are we going to do? And I, I think we've been told before, um, um, I don't want to misquote, so but it w- it was someone who's not a quarterback would be their backup option to come in and play and play quarterback. Uh, I think maybe it was Nico Thomas last but, year. Well, last year,
0: I know it was Nico yeah, Thomas yeah. was was the guy.
2: Yeah, and and you know nothing against Nico Thomas. He's a great athlete, and I love the guy. Um, one of my favorite players on the team. But you know that's he's not he's not your what you want as your starting quarterback at this point. You know, so um, or as your quarterback out there running the offense uh, at this point. Um, so. It's my first reaction is a relief. Like, yes, you know, we we've heard uh, a little bit about this, the plans of this uh, before this uh, asked to to not really mention it too much because, you know, we didn't know which way Robert was going to go. There was a possibility that he was going to retire um, and we knew he had his obligations with uh, his his job at, at the school. And now that school's out, he's joining the team and I'm excited to have him because he's a great leader. He's like another coach on the team, like we've talked about. Uh, He has the respect of everyone on that team, and uh, he's definitely going to be a a big ad. It's nothing but positives here.
0: Huge positive. Huge positive for the team. Uh, He, in one way or another, I think he makes Arvell Nelson better. Mm -hmm. I know he makes the gunslingers better, but I think he makes Arvell better because, A, all of that experience, that 17 years or whatever of a professional career that he brings over, um, makes our better. And uh, everybody needs sometimes somebody behind them that, that just makes them work a little bit extra, a little bit harder. Um, there was a. It's funny he just popped on a second ago. Nate Mace.
1: Oh, um, we love him
0: was listening. I hope he still is because I'm about to talk to talk about him a little bit in our first year as an American arena league team, Mm -hmm. uh, back in the AAL days when we played in the, uh, barn over there at the, uh, Rose palace, we had two quarterbacks to start that season. We had David Olvera and we had Nate Mace and those two guys for the two or three games they played together. Worked really well as a tandem because when one guy was having a rough time, the other guy could step in and they always knew the other guy was there, not only to lift them up, but also to push them a little bit. And when we lost Nate, Nate uh, left the Gunslingers, went over to the West Texas Warbirds, another National Arena League team, uh, and got an opportunity to go over there and maybe challenge for uh, the starting position, which he wasn't really listed as our starting quarterback here, David was it changed the way David played. And David doesn't like me, so if he hears this, he'll probably say that that's not the case. But David no longer had that person there to lean on a little bit and to push him a little bit. And I noticed that David's play changed because there wasn't a a guy in that second slot like like Nate Mace that that could help him and push him at the same time. I think guys in this particular situation are enhanced by a guy in the quarterback room with you that helps you and keeps you on your toes because I still want to be the starter uh, when this game is over. And so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm still better than you. And you're going to do the same thing in practice all week long is yep. is try to prove that you're better
2: than me. Yes, and you're absolutely right. That's where it happens is at practice. For for people that are looking at this at a game by game basis, it's not just it's not just about the game where one guy's watching uh, from the sideline, the other one's on the field not wanting to come off the field. We're talking about at practice where these guys are, you know, sharpening their skills, their competitors every last one of them. And every minute of that practice, every rep they're they're competing with each other. They're jawing at each other, giving each other a hard time, or or pumping each other up, and it makes you work that much harder when you know that there's another guy who's in that same position that you're in, and 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 pushing you that much because if you're not up to the task, they're they're gonna be, they're gonna want to be. So it's it's iron sharpening iron, like we like to say in football all the time. But I mean, that's the absolute truth of it and uh nate mace chimes in there and says couldn't have said it better as far as what you were saying that's absolutely 100 um correct and it and it it happens not during the game not at game time but all week long during practice and film sessions and during all that that preparation time that's where these guys really really push each other and make each other better
0: well let's be honest arvel was not having a great game and it was it was immediately recognizable from the beginning of the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Had Robert been able to get here a week earlier? Yeah. I don't know that Fred Shaw doesn't look over at the bench there in the middle of the second quarter or, or right at the beginning of the second quarter and say, let's try something different and see if we can catch a spark. Right. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's not, ooh, I wish I wish somebody had been here to replace Arvell. Look, sometimes some days you're just off. Um, I was telling Leo we were kind of discussing this before the the show and this happens all the time in hockey with goalies. You have a goalie, you have a starting goalie and he's your guy, but he has a backup and sometimes he lets in two or three early in the first period and the coach goes, man, you're just not there today. Come on out, let's put this guy in and next time we take the ice, you're back in there, but you need a break. you need a rest. And let's see if we can catch a spark with a different guy. And they don't take offense at that. They don't like it. Nobody likes getting the hook. But they get out there and and it gives you just this extra layer of depth that we frankly have not had at all in the National Arena League. We've never had two quarterbacks that I can think of in the National Arena League.
1: Well, I know Robert is not only a quarterback a player. He's a leader. He brings the experience and his leadership to the team. It's almost like having another coach. So I think it's just oh, yeah. amazing and very blessed and timing couldn't be better.
0: Yeah, he's been a head coach in the IFL. Um, he knows the game. He has played in the arena game uh, for I want to say longer than some of the guys he plays with have been alive. That might be possible. <laughs> um, it's close. Yeah, I think it's a close it. number. But he is uh,
1: a true asset.
0: He is. He absolutely is. He's a smart, uh, heady player, makes great decisions with the ball. And, uh, you know, Arvell can only benefit from it. The only only time this becomes a negative is if one of these two guys turns it into that. And I don't see either of these guys not recognizing what a blessing it is that they have each other in the quarterback room.
2: They're, They're both, both smart guys. They're too yeah. smart for that. Um, and on that, I kind of I see in the comments here, Philip. I don't know if you saw Raúl Nava's yeah. last comment, and I, I think I think that's something I'd like to to get get your thoughts on. So he says that's one thing we lack since we treat the team as a family, which is not a bad thing at all. We can't bring other players who arguably could arguably could work better for the team. All other teams keep getting better. So what he's talking about, and I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with him because there's kind of there's kind of a good and bad for each approach. But he's, if, if you go in and look at the NAL and look at that transaction tab on their website, you go down the transactions, you see a lot of these other teams. You see the Sharks, you see the Predators, uh, you see uh, you know Albany, the Warbirds you go down there and you see a lot of activity on a weekly basis guys being brought in traded, you know, uh, uh, released and you don't see that as much from the gunslingers. There's been some transactions out there, but not nearly as much as I'd say we're definitely below the average. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the, the family, um, uh, uh philosophy in play with the team. Or as much as as much as keeping a um, consistent, consistent, you know, yeah. lineup and 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 working with the guys what you have and 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 bringing them together to kind of gel, I, you know, there's something to be said for that philosophy. And there's also the philosophy of always getting better, bringing guys in, and it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a you know a a, a turnstile where you're you're bringing but you're always bringing new talent. Uh, what what's what's your thoughts on that, Philip?
0: I will I will. I will clarify, crystallize this argument into one specific position on our team right now. Uh, I love Drew Pearson.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. But it is obvious that Drew Pearson is not the Drew Pearson he was last season. He's yep. struggling, yeah. And the kicker that just kicked our butts, literally. Oh, my God. On Sunday was available for three weeks. Marco Roscoe. Man, he was awesome. And so, this is an opportunity that we had at some point to make ourselves better, and maybe they did. Look, I don't know. Um, it's possible that the Gunslingers organization reached out to Mark, and he just didn't want to come to San Antonio or something along that way.
1: You
0: never know. Uh, Raúl brings up it could be a budget issue. Um, you know, they may not have had the money to play Mark to pay, pay Mark. Whatever the case may be, but so many of us remember Drew of last year. And we want to see Drew come back, and we love Drew, and he's part of this gunslinger family. That when Mark was on, when Orozco was on the uh, the list out there as somebody who was available, I'm like, yeah, but we got Drew. Yeah, I'm okay. Well, they're not even in the
2: same category right now. Not right now, no. I, I speculate that there's something wrong with Drew, like he's and it's. Specul- oh, I, it's it not like I, don't, a,
0: I don't doubt it at all.
2: There's some yeah. type of injury he's dealing with. He's not. He's not the same guy. His kicks don't have the same amount of distance. Uh, he's been okay or better than okay as far as the extra points. Missed a couple here and there, but still mostly reliable, but definitely not the same Drew that we that we grew to love last season. I think he's dealing with something. That's just my me opinion. Too. I don't have any inside information to, to say that. That's just me.
1: Yeah, and I would say from looking at him, he just doesn't even look at the same player. Like He doesn't have the same confidence. Like, it seemed like when he would go up there to kick, he just had a lot of confidence, and I just don't see that. I mean, like I said, we don't have the right to know what's going on, but something is going on, and it's obvious, and it's definitely obvious on the field. But whatever it is, you know, sending prayers, hope, whatever it means. We're but, still behind you. Well, if we need help, we need help.
0: But Raul uh, is pointing out, you know, a lot of other teams see this as a business, and when Drew Pearson just isn't working out, whatever the reason is, an injury – a mental thing, whatever it is, they go out and get a better kicker. We're not really doing that. We we've got guys that we love because they're part of the gunslinger family, and we don't necessarily look at you know is is uh, you know is there an opportunity to get Darius Prince out here? We had this whole conversation yes, back okay. in uh, we- back when Albany did their fire cell and got rid I- of a bunch of guys, and I sat here on this show and said I don't want Nick Haig... Because it means I have to lose Pierre Turner or Cody Brooks. That's true. And I still feel that way. But why do I feel that way? Is that because that's the best business decision? Or is that because I love those players and they are part of the Gunslinger family? And when those things start getting tangled up, Raul has a point. Uh, Some of these other teams don't become attached to those players. Now, I say all that. I would rather love our players and uh, B five and one, which, by the way, we're not talking about. Uh, we're losing the thread, or we're not as good as we uh, could be because we are. We're the best team in the league still. Right. So let's not get crazy about all oh, the no, no. smoking guns. Podcasters saying they need to get rid of Cody Brooks and go get Nick Hague and, and fire Drew Pearson. That's no. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying Raul does have a point of the way we approach the 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 team is a little different than the way some of these other teams approach things and, and Leo brings up. it does. You don't have to look any farther than the uh, transaction list to see the Gunslinger logo does not pop up near as often as these other teams do. No. But,
1: but I will say this. Do the other teams have a podcast like ours that brings that connection, that brings that family? Not.
0: No. You know? no. So the
1: fans aren't as involved there the is no
0: podcast like ours.
1: None. Nowhere. Nowhere in the country. Weren't, we, a... named, weren't we named number one? Uh our
2: uh...
1: uh, <laughs> football podcast like a couple months ago?
2: We got a lot no. of big heads around here all of a sudden. What? <laughs> We're the best wait, wait. arena podcast in the world, according
0: to some right. random website.
1: Yeah. I got a phone call. Reality's calling. <laughs> John
0: Navarez, our buddy with the Brahmas, uh, ticket sales and uh, and all of that, which bears mentioning. I know that the and XFL went through a whole restructuring thing today. I hope John didn't get caught up with that because we love John. Yes. Um, I sure he hope he's still there as part of the Brahma Brahma's organization. Uh, we've already seen people using some restructuring around the XFL as the sky is falling. The XFL is going to fall apart. No, that's not necessarily what that means. Restructuring could simply be restructuring uh, to spend your money better. And that may have all been what it is. But he's going to be, uh, looks like, at a gunslinger game soon.
2: Looking forward to checking out. Join us, John. We'd love to have you. uh, Absolutely. Bring the kids. Definitely reach out to us and and maybe we can help you make that happen. Yeah, for sure. He just came back
1: from Florida.
2: Best
0: sales team in the it. league. will still be here in San Antonio. Excellent. Yes. Good to hear.
2: Yes. Good to hear. Very We're glad to
0: hear that. That was one of my thoughts as they started talking about personnel around the league, two to three play, two, two to three people at each team. I was like, man, I hope John and his crew um are not part of all that. Uh, you know, business is what it is, and sometimes those things happen, but I was really hoping that they weren't part of that. Raul Navas says Prince, Darius Prince. Did want to come at the beginning of last season, but the budget wasn't there, so there's a chance. I don't know what's going on with him. Like I say, there was that very ominous sort of social media post I heard about. I haven't even seen it or read it, but somebody told me that he had posted on social media that, uh, you know, a thank you to the Orlando fan base, which sounded very much like a thanks, peace out um, sort of moment. So I don't know what's going on with Darius Prince.
1: Do you think he look, might be if, trying out for the XFL? Because aren't they having like some kind of combine coming up? They've like, got a couple
0: of those coming up, and so that's entirely that could possible. Be,
1: could be, that could be the
2: reason.
0: Yeah. Remember, we first contacted Darius Prince not as a member of the Albany Empire, but as a member of the San Antonio Commanders. San
2: Antonio mm-hmm. Commanders. He yeah. has
0: played spring football before, and he has. He is a incredibly athletic and talented player. He
2: is. And look, I'm going to say this. I, I, I am ninety nine point nine 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 percent certain that if there's a chance the gunslingers organization is looking into these chances of bringing in talent we know they have it's apparent they have a little bit different philosophy as maybe some of these other teams on how they approach their roster and 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 preparation and the way they're, they're approaching the whole season um But that doesn't mean that they're not looking into options to always make the team better. They made it apparent since the end of last season that they have one goal in mind uh, for this year. And if if they're not doing everything in their, you know, everything possible in their power to make that goal happen, I'd be extremely surprised. For sure. Yeah, they
1: Mm -hmm. want the ring. They want the ring.
0: Yeah, everything is is in service of of hardware of proving that um, they're a champion. Uh, John Navarre is asking, "Return of Robert Kent? Yes, sir.
1: Yes, Uh, we confirm that. We We confirm
0: that is right here. Earlier on the show, Robert Kent Jr. will be back in a gunslinger uniform starting this Sunday. He will be the backup to Arvel Nelson. He will be um, available if we need him, if the gunslingers need him. And he'll be helping Arvell put together one of the best offenses. Because look, the offense has not been one of the best offenses in the league the past few weeks. And Leo and I and and RC have mentioned Mm -hmm. that the game in Fayetteville, the game in West Texas, were not their best games. They they would seem to be struggling a little bit. But you know what? When you're getting the wins, it doesn't become the same kind of desperation of, we need to fix something. It's just like, ah, we're not we're not looking as good as we normally do. Maybe after this particular loss and it is what it is, uh they look at it and they go, "Hey, we need to revolutionize some things. We need to change the way we're doing a couple of things." Um maybe we're no. becoming a little too predictable. John Navarez, that's my guy. We were together with the Texas Revs, MVP. Uh, we knew that he came out to what was it the final no the <laughs> championship, championship game. game. They took a yep. together. Yeah, Robert was out there. Robert Kent was out there and uh, took a picture with John. So we knew there was a connection there. That's that's spectacular. But yes, he'll be back in the building and in a gunslinger uniform on Sunday. Uh, GM of the Gunslingers confirmed that right here on this show just a few minutes ago. So we're very excited about all of that. I
1: remember, so when it comes, um, that- oh, sorry. I was just going to say, ahead. last year when um, the team had come from a away, uh, away game and we were at the airport to welcome them, um, Robert was there with some other players. And then he said, hey, RC, you're the one that's going to make us famous, right? And I was like, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so it's good. To, it'll be good to see him again. He's a great guy.
0: He is. Uh, I know that even at, at the end of last year, he was very excited about uh, – possibly making one more run at it because this team was stacked. Uh, he and I had a conversation at the end of your party at the, at the barbecue station, as we were loading up on some of that amazing barbecue that uh, Don Rackler brought in to that party. Uh, and I said something about, you're going to, you're going to try one more time. You're going to come out one more time. And he goes, man, it's, it's really up to my wife. But when I look at this team, I want to cuz I think we've got what it takes. I think we've got what you need to win a championship. Ralph Judkins still uh, hanging out with us, the return of the Duke. Uh there's a nickname, the Duke. The Duke, the gunslinger, the Duke, the the John Wayne of the gunslingers. Uh Robert Kent Jr.
2: Well, let me I'll, let I'll, let I'll even let him to... wear my number. My number 12. Ah, he yeah, can he can I, wear yeah. it. I'll let him you're wear so it.
1: Fine. You're so kind.
2: I was going to say on that note, let me be one of the first to offer up my gratitude and thanks to Mrs. Kent for allowing yes. Robert to come out and play this season. Much appreciated. And his
1: kids. His kids too. You know, the family.
2: Sure. <laughs> sure.
0: Absolutely. Johnny Salazar, uh, our buddy. Um, hope you're still getting better, bud. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I saw your video. Uh, that you put out about that and yeah that's the key getting better all the time he has this this uh thing that he keeps posting springtime but the ring is all capitalized uh it's time to work on getting that championship ring I agree um it's all in service of getting hardware getting that championship and, and I think these open. guys I think these guys are focused on that so uh, it was a bad loss. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not going to sugarcoat it at all. It was bad. It was, it was bad. It was hard to watch. It was, it was bad. But it was one game. game. One game. I, one I, game. I do look. Did we lose by? Uh, Twenty-seven. Uh, uh, is that right? No. Wait. No, it was uh, twenty-three.
1: Oh, uh, here we go with math was... again.
0: Yeah, it was twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah it was twenty-seven. 70, 70 to 43. To yeah, they, they nearly
2: points. doubled us up. Yeah.
0: They did at one point, had we not scored the last second touchdown and the yes. two-point conversion, they would have had us doubled up. Um but uh I mean you you look at that 27 points and 21 were given away in the we gave away 21 points in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah or are. if you if you want to say well Kicks are kicks in this league. Maybe you don't get every extra point. Okay, we gave away, uh, what is it, eighteen points? Eighteen points, points uh, makes it a one possession game, and and the whole end of the game looks different. Without and those
2: was on fire, hitting deuces and, and all the extra points and everything, and uh, yeah, that just added on to that that point differential. So
0: I would like happen every game. I would like to propose to the NAL. And and I believe that, uh, well, the commissioner is going to be listening next week when he comes on the show. So I will bring this up again, that they make a tiny change in the rule book. I don't believe you should be able to score a deuce on the opening kickoffs of the half. I think you should only be eligible for a deuce after after you have scored points.
2: That makes a lot of sense to me.
0: So I, I, that's my proposal. Look, in the long run, we didn't lose because Marco Roscoe hit a deuce no. at the beginning of the game. No um, and nobody should lose over that. But just I feel like the fairer thing to do. I love the deuce. It's very exciting. It's even exciting when it happens at the beginning of the game, although we didn't catch that. And I do want to talk about the broadcast shortly here in just a second. But I just think it makes more sense that you are not eligible to score points when you have not touched the ball on offense. Yep. Um, it just doesn't doesn't jive with my brain that you can score points having never touched the ball offensively um, in that way. You, you intercept the ball and run back for a, a pick six, you haven't touched the ball offensively either, but you have. You advance the ball from the point of the interception to the uh, the end zone. So you did possess the ball. You were never in possession of the ball when you're kicking off at the beginning of the game and you scored two points. That just doesn't, my brain doesn't work that way. You should have to have possessed the ball to score points. Uh, let's talk about the broadcast a little bit. How many of you were watching the broadcast?
1: I was. Um, I was on babysitting duty with my grandbaby.
0: And Leo, you were at the game. Uh, yep. Yeah. So many of us missed, or so many of you San Antonio Gunslingers fans might have missed uh, a a section of the game that was not there. Uh, the game did not, the broadcast did not start until about seven minutes uh, left. Johnny Salazar brings up a great point. Ralph was great on the call. Ralph and Gabe are great yep. uh, at what they do, and we love having them. But... I know a lot of people are asking the question, like, what happened to the broadcast? Well, I will tell you this. The worst thing that could happen to a broadcast team happened because they did the work. Ralph did a 20-minute pregame show and called all seven or eight minutes of the missing game that you don't see on YouTube. One button, one setting wasn't set properly. And the first part of that... Game was not broadcast live, which means all of the work those guys did. They were doing all the work like they normally do. And it just went missing. And we missed that call. That sucks. We've done it before. We've had it happen to us with this show. Mm -hmm. We've had it happen with calls before. There is no feeling worse than, gee, we had a really great show. (laughs) And I get home and the file is corrupted. And we can't do anything with it. Um, Sorry about that, John Navarez (laughs) Yeah, John Navarez was on our show At the FanFest That that I screwed up It was my fault I set a setting wrong And we lost the audio And so if you weren't live at that FanFest You never got to hear that interview Which was great, by the way We also had Arlington From the X fan show He was there with us Um, We had a really great show It was really good and I set something wrong, and we lost the whole dang show. I felt terrible. I still feel terrible about it. Um, don't don't get upset with them. They did a great job. You just didn't see it. Um, and once they got that setting set right, uh, the, the broadcast was spectacular as usual. Uh, Ralph, I'm not sure there's a play-by-play guy in the NAL that works as hard at... Watching and and watching film and getting ready for a game as Ralph does. Ralph really spends his time on this. I know. I talk to him a lot. And I know what kind of time he spends on this. Gabe is a funny guy um, and does a great job adding that little bit of humor and color into the the broadcast. Um, There is news on the broadcast front. Uh, This week, Gabe and Ralph will be calling the game... We have a bye week after that. And then on the 17th, Gabe can't be there for the game. And so Ralph uh, needs a color analyst to step into the booth with him.
2: We're taking applications, right? Is that what you're about to say? I think someone volunteered already. (laughs) I did not volunteer. I did not volunteer.
1: I was asked. Whoa. I was requested. Requested? Who requested you?
0: Ralph Judkins did.
1: Oh, he's your bestie.
0: He's, he's a good friend. No, he's a good friend of mine. We've <laughs> called games before uh, together. He asked me if I would be available to step in the booth on the uh, 17th. So I will be helping Ralph with the call of the game on the 17th back in the booth for a gunslinger game. Uh, that officially puts me ahead of you, Leo, on calling gunslinger games. We were yes. neck and neck. Oh. And now I'm going to be uh, ahead. <laughs>
2: You guys got uh, me oh man! Ralph well. Judkins
0: says on behalf of Gavin myself, thank you for your kind words. It's true, I did ask him. See, he did ask me. <laughs> um, I don't believe
1: it. I don't believe it. So
0: I will be uh, on the call when West Texas comes into the Freeman Coliseum to play against the Gunslingers. I'll be joining Ralph for that call. Um, that's all exciting. That's fun stuff. Very cool. Um, You're
4: very excited.
0: A lot yeah. of stuff going on. This is a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, This is a great time around the Gunslingers. Robert Kent Jr. coming back. Make some noise night coming up with quarantine. They're not called quarantine anymore.
4: New name? I don't know. know. I,
0: I I missed that.
2: Did he say? He did not say. I, oh, tell us what he you got there, well, You said make some noise. And I, I have to give some credit to... A very very loyal fan of both the Gunslingers and our show, the podcast. Um, Greg Nelson wanted uh, wanted some way to uh, help fans make even more noise at the games. Go ahead, Philip. You look. Like Greg you look
0: Nelson, good. one of our three Patreons for the show. Yes, we have Patreons for yes. we have patrons for this show. Mo and Iris, Greg Nelson, and. Herman Robles Jr., Love I Herman. think Herman uh, are our Patreons. We don't mention them near enough. No, um, we but they are huge, a huge part. And if you're interested in helping us put on this show and put to this show together, we do have a Patreon page. It's Patreon slash patreon.com slash. Smoking guns pod, smoking no g guns with a z p o d, uh, and you can become a patron of the the show. We don't do a ton for our patrons because we want everybody to just get all of the information. But if you just really them. really love what we do and you want to help us make it happen, um, there's a way that you can help us do that. We don't run commercials. We used to. We don't have sponsors. We used to. Um, we don't do any of that anymore. It's all content for you. If you want to help us with that content, you can do that. Anyway, Greg
2: Nelson did what for us there, Leo? Oh, he wanted a way because uh, the first home game, we're banging on on the dasher boards from the I end zone where we were there in the party zone. Yeah, and, and our hands were were feeling feeling it. You know, they were not happy <laughs> by the <laughs> end of the game. And he's gotta be see, he said there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> to hit these to hit these dashboard walls and make a lot of noise he's like i bet if we had like some sort of paddle that we could hit it it would just reverberate even louder throughout the stadium and he asked permission he didn't just bring these in he asked actually talked to uh representatives of the gunslingers organization and said hey do you would you have a problem and they're like hey go for it whatever you want to do to make some noise and support the team so he went out and purchased these uh, ping pong board paddles, which uh, he even had for red and blue, like teen colors. Um, and, and I'm sure that was done intentionally. And it looks like there was some kind of modification done to this handle. And he did this on multiple paddles. There were quite a few of them. And then even laced them with a leather, like string thing through there. and uh, So that you could so they don't drop any, it over the wall, they drop they it over the wall. And uh, so we were hitting the boards, uh, the the dasher boards with the paddles and making noise and trying to be as disruptive as we could. Um, my knuckles, my knuckle paid the price a little bit. I have a peeling oh, knuckle no. here from from hitting, I guess, against the the paddle handle until I figured out a better way to 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 do it. But that was that. That just goes to show you how invested some of some of the uh, Gunslingers fans are to show their support. And he brought a number of the, of those in. And was more than willing to to share those and give those out to uh, to the fans. Heidi says, "Me too, Leo." She busted up her knuckles doing. Oh her thing. no! Yeah, we 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 uh, we we had we had a rough start to to the the paddle uh, experiment here, but uh, good times and uh, more great stuff from Gunslinger fans. We
1: really do have the best fans. I just love them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We just want more of them.
0: Like, yes, you know, we do. Uh, Twenty four hundred. We can do better. We can if absolutely he, do better.
1: person who went to the game would bring at least one more person, that would double the attendance. That's all we need to do is bring one more person. Bring a friend like they say in church. Bring a friend.
0: Right. Bring a friend. Uh, we won't even embarrass them like they do at church. Those church people. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. Bring a friend. Share uh, Gunslinger's football um, with somebody Near you, we got another game coming up on Sunday, it's going to be a big one. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Bain because Jonathan Bain is coming back. Um, he's coming back to San Antonio. I know we never played here, Mm -hmm. but that adds a certain amount of spice to this particular game, doesn't it? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: He has something to prove.
0: I think Jonathan Bain is going to be gunning, and we talked earlier about how hey. The targets on our back for everybody. Uh, that's not gonna stop just because we lost a game, but there's an extra bit of motivation for Jonathan Bain. And look, we could rehash why is he not here and what happened. The best thing happened for Jonathan Bain, the best thing happened for the gunslingers. We've got Arvell Nelson, we've got Robert Kent Jr., we're good in the quarterback room. It's not like we're we're hurting because Jonathan had to step on to another opportunity and he's wound up in uh Albany for a game and luckily got out of that situation. I'm so glad he's not stuck in Albany with that craziness that's going on there. Now he's in Orlando. He's around a lot of really good players. He is? Um and this yeah. this there's going to be a little extra thing um. for him. There's going to be a little extra juice for him because he wants to prove that we should have we should have retained him. We should have kept him. He should have been playing for us. Don't you think?
1: I think so, for sure. And it I is agree. what it is.
2: Yeah, sorry, RC. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, it is what it is. You know, the chips fell where they did, and things happen. It's a business. And yep. but is he going to be uh, have a chip on his shoulder? Uh, definitely. And I think he's going to really show a goal 110%. To see what how, so we can see. You know what? You should have kept us. But we'll see on Sunday.
2: Every game and Sunday. I mean, as a competitor, any anyone will and and would. Um, I'll be interested to see how much uh, of an opportunity he gets. At least in this game, uh, being that he just joined the team, as James mentioned earlier, he may not uh, have as much of an opportunity. It takes time usually to kind of learn the nuances gel. of a different mm-hmm. offense and gel. So we'll 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 see how much we get to see, but. That's definitely something to be concerned about and consider, especially since he's been as good as he's been in the past. Now, not recently. Right. He hasn't been as, you know, as, uh, as good as, as he's been uh, prior to that. And that was one of the concerns him coming in as you know, his injury history. So not sure if he's a hundred percent coming back from that, you know, rough injury he had last season. Uh, near the, I guess it was near the end of the season, right? It was definitely mid-season to late season.
0: So, yeah. No, Jonathan Bain has had a terrible year, calendar year, when it comes to his football career. He got injured uh, Mm -hmm. in that game here in San Antonio uh, back in July of last year, I want to say. He got injured in that game. He was able to make it back in time for the championship game. They lost that Mm -hmm. to Albany. He... Came back home to Texas. He is from the, um, not Tyler. Um, is it Waco area? uh, Just south of that. What is just south of Waco? Mm. Um, between Waco and Austin, it starts with a T. Why can't I think of it? Um, oh, it'll come Uh. to me in a second. Temple. Yes. He's in the temple area. He's out of the temple area. He got an opportunity to play with the closest NHL team to him when we signed him here uh, for the San Antonio Gunslingers. And then all of that didn't work out. Um, and when that didn't work out, he attempted to secure his release. We would not provide it straight away for him. We wanted to trade his rights and get something back for him. If you remember, mm-hmm. he ended up going and playing in the IFL at the, for the Iowa Barnstormers. Does not like that that version of the game. And by the way, the IFL and the NAL are very different versions of indoor football. Yes. Um, and he does not like that version of the game. It did not work well with his game. He had a really rough few weeks in the IFL. <clears throat> he leaves the IFL. He gets immediately signed to go to Albany. He is there one week. And the head coach... Tom Manas is fired or resigns or whatever way you want to see how all of that went down the second time out when Manas left. And part of his contract said if Manas left, he could make the decision to leave as well. So he did. And this week, uh this weekend actually, he signs on with Orlando. He's had a rough time. He He's had, had a up. rough calendar year. Um, I feel bad for Jonathan Bain. I've talked to him, I've I've chatted with him back and forth and, and texted back and forth with him. He's a down-to-earth, great guy. Um, and I feel bad for him that he's gone through kind of this journeyman sort of situation over the last year. I hope he lands well in Orlando. I hope this is a place that he's able to make some noise, just not this week.
2: With the talent, <laughs> I this week. Next with the week, talent he it. has, yeah, I, I have no doubt he's going to turn a corner and, and – and end up doing something you know, special again. But yeah, just hopefully not against our gunslingers. Right. I'd also like to point out that uh, I think one of the funniest moments, we're coming up on our third uh, birthday uh, of the podcast, as you mentioned earlier, one of the funniest moments will have to go down as Philip being in the ministry and not being able to think of the word temple.
1: That is funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're not. I'm not Jewish. I mean, that would be different if I
0: were a rabbi. That would be a totally different thing. Um, you're right. And then I
1: thought him touch his temple as he was trying to think.
0: Where, where is he out of? It's, it's, it's right here. It's right it's here. Right I, I, I right can't. Here. He's
2: pointing to his temple for those of you listening.
0: Um, uh, no, I'm. Ex- I, I'm excited that he found a place, and I do truly believe. All, all joking aside that he is going to make a difference in Orlando. I also believe it's going to take him more than three or four practices to, to get on the same page with this team. Uh, so I'm not worried. I am much more worried about Jonathan Bain on July 1st when we go to Orlando yeah. than I am Jonathan Bain this week. Um, he's, a, he's a special quarterback. He's a good talent. He makes their team better. Um, I just don't know that he makes them better immediately because there's just some uh, some gelling that has to get done, that has to happen. I hear you. Agreed. Uh, so we're going to make some noise on Sunday. I'll be there for the first time. I'll be in the building for a gunslinger game this season. I'm very excited. In fact, I think it's been a calendar year since I've been to a gunslinger game.
2: Wow, that's too long.
0: I think, I think it really has. I think uh, I had to miss the last couple of games at the end of last season. So it is close to a calendar year at least uh, since I've been to a gunslinger game. And that stinks.
1: What are you going to yeah. do for your birthday?
0: I'm uh, going to a gunslinger game two days later. I don't know.
1: But the whole weekend, anything planned?
0: No, not really. I I talked about this actually as part of my sermon on Sunday. When you turn... Uh, 43, which is what I turned this year. There, there's a point. Uh, you guys both recognize this, that you stop counting birthdays because you don't need birthdays anymore to tell you you're getting older. No. <laughs> no. You have Every,
2: reminders of that. Yeah.
0: Everything about you tells you you're getting older all the time. So I, mm-hmm. I stopped counting birthdays. Like, Of course, it's a big deal when, when I look at the calendar and June gets close. Um, I spent the first... Twenty-one years of my life going. Oh, I can't wait for June second, but past my twenty-first birthday, it's just like, well, yeah, it's another, it's another year now. Well, um, Philip,
1: I'll give you a secret. When people ask my age, I say I'm sixty, and they're like, "Wow, you look really good for your age," because I'm really fifty-three. Genius.
2: <laughs> that is genius. I get a
1: compliment every time. I love
0: that. That is that's way better than like I'm twenty-nine. So yeah, that's my, never gonna work. My father, when I was young, used to tell me he was 19. What? He, he would tell me he was 19. And I was too young. Like, my dad said it. It has to be true. Right. And so I would ask him, because you ask as a child, Daddy, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 19. Well, one day our pastor at our church was like, hey, Philip. I was five. I couldn't have been more than five or six. But I distinctly remember this because I was embarrassed. He was like, Philip, how old is your dad? And with all confidence in the world, because my dad tells me the truth, I was like, he's 19? And they're like, no, that can't be right. He can't be 19. Uh, and sure enough, he wasn't. But uh, that's so much better. Tell them you're older. And so they're like, wow, you look great. That's it. From here on out. Let's see. I'm not 43. I am 86.
2: There you go. <laughs> Just just double mean, it you get a just discount on the get a discount on the coffee too when you That's do
0: that so. for sure for sure isn't robert kent 42 as well robert kent and i are very close to the same age which upsets me a lot because it means that um what robert kent is doing i should also be in some sort of physical condition to do something close to that because i can't say well i'm just too old because he's doing it and i'm nowhere near doing it um, but yes, he is. He and I are right around the same age. Um, I looked that up last year. In fact, I'll look that up now. I remember uh, that. See, yep. but he and I are very close to the same age.
1: Well, you both are leaders, so that's kind of close.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor, and he's uh, you know a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, so he was born October sixth of the same year I was born, June second. So I am actually about four months, if I do my math right, older than him. Hmm. Thank you, Ralph, for doing the math there. He says, that makes Phil 301 in dog years.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: <no>. <laughs> Thank you for that. A
1: quiz on that <laughs> oh,
0: Thank you for that. I'm looking at Robert Kent Jr.'s career history right now. Okay. It does not include the San Antonio gunslingers. It does include the Tennessee Titans, Montreal Alouettes, Birmingham slash Alabama Steel Dogs, Lubbock Renegades, Toronto Argonauts, Lubbock Renegades again, Oklahoma City Yard Dogs, Abilene Roughriders, Houston Stallions, Corpus Christi Fury, San Antonio Talons, Corpus Christi Fury again, St. Louis Attack, Texas Revolution, Dallas Marshals, Monterey Steel, Massachusetts Pirates, I'm running out of air. Uh, I'm not even, well, no, I'm getting close to the end. Rich, Richmond Rough Riders, Texas Revolution, again, Duke City Gladiators, where he was also a head coach, nice. and the North Texas Bulls. Add oh. on to that the San Antonio Gunslingers. Wow, be updated. That updated. is a lot. Jackson State legend, Johnny Salazar checking in and saying Jackson State legend. That's correct. Same nice. Jackson State that Deion Sanders would make so famous about 20 years later. That is where Robert Kent Jr. played ball um, just a, a ton of history and a ton of uh, – he started playing professional football in 2004. Think about where you were in 2004. Oh, God. That's a while I,
1: back. <laughs> I think I just received my master's.
0: That was 19 years ago that he got drafted, 19 years ago. My daughter was a baby. My daughter, that's in college, was a baby
2: mm-hmm. when wow. he
0: started playing football.
2: Mm. Yep. Professional. I, I, I'm sorry. Started playing professional football. I feel you on that, Philip. I've always uh, had in my mind. Uh, Tim Duncan and I are roughly the same age, same year, same month. I'm I'm pretty much the same age as he is, and I've never been able to dunk a basketball. So
0: right. Tony Romo used to bother me. The only thing about Tony Romo that used to bother me is that he was born in April of 1980 and I was born in June of 80. And I'm like, so does that mean that I should be in a lot better shape than I am? Because I know I'm not an NFL quarterback and never would have been. I get that. But I'm not anywhere near that either. I'm not even close to that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um,
1: Well, I was going to say, I know we're having the commissioner on next week.
0: We are. Commissioner Siegfried on the show next week.
1: Is there any way that we can get the fans to start, like, maybe sending us questions that maybe we could ask?
0: Yeah, if you have questions, send them to us. If you have uh, things you'd like to know from the commissioner, look, don't send me, when are you going to resign? No, that's questions. I'm not I asking mean, the commissioner that. You can, we're just not going to ask it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even making that up. When he was on inside the walls earlier this season, mm-hmm. somebody sent him the sent them the question for the commissioner, when are you going to go ahead and resign? Oh, please. So, I, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not no, I'm not, not going to uh look. I have things about the commissioner and things about the league that bother me. And I'm not really one to uh, keep my mouth shut on some of those things sometimes to our detriment as a show. Um, But to the best of my ability, I try to ask those things with a certain amount of respect. And I will continue to do that. But I'm not going to embarrass our show, our fan base, um, the gunslingers by asking him something that's just out there. So yes, send your questions to us. If you have legitimate questions for the commissioner, go ahead if you have a question that you think is really funny, go ahead and send it. I'll laugh at it, but I'm not going to ask him right, um, a question, question that's not respectful. We're
1: going to screen him, definitely. Screen. Yeah,
0: for sure. And he is scheduled to appear, but uh, I have not received confirmation yet. So that's our plan right now is to have him on the show. But uh uh Don't be mad at us if it doesn't happen. Yeah, right? we're not in control told. of the commissioner's schedule. But right now, he's told us that he's good to go for the fifth. That will be next Monday. We're very excited. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the first time we've had a commissioner on the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. We didn't.
1: didn't...
0: Danny Garcia, it could have been you first.
1: We tried.
0: We tried. We tried to reach out to Danny Garcia and get her on here, but couldn't make that happen. Uh, So, Danny, you've, you've missed your chance. Unless you want to come on in the first hour of next week. And then we'll have Chris on in the second hour. Then you could beat him in, Danny, if you're out there listening, and we know you are. Um then then you could still be on the show. So the Gunslingers have to get right. This is a get right game. I know we only lost one game. That is unacceptable. Look.
1: Losing
0: week. Losing the game is not what's unacceptable. You're going to lose games. Like at times you're just going to get beat. The way we lost the game was unacceptable.
2: How we lost. Yes.
0: The fact that we just were not competitive throughout the entire game.
2: That's what's unacceptable. So, you know, that comes to mind, Philip. You remember last season that there was kind of a game where we were talking about that was a really ugly loss, and it was on the road. And I think it was against the Sharks, if I'm not mistaken. But there was a really, really bad road loss at some point last season that we came out of that Carolina. Oh, it's Carolina Cobras. Yes. And we came out of that and said, that was embarrassing. There was like almost nothing good to say about that, that, uh, that game, that experience to talk about on the show. I remember kind of our, our feeling after that game and talking to each other. And this is kind of like that game this season where it was, I'm sure the players, coaches, everyone in the organization, that that's not, that's not who they want to be. That's not how they want to represent themselves to the team they're playing, and their fans, and the rest of the league. Uh, you know, they, they've apologized already on social media. You saw from Coach Shaw. You saw from Jordan. You saw mm-hmm. uh, lots of people reach out and saying, "Hey, we 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 weren't our best this week, but we promise we're going to come back strong next week." They realize that, and they're already apologizing to their fan base to their fan base, and the best way. To overcome that is to come back strong next week, um, and and get a big win for their their home fans. But th- this this to me, I, I, it came to my mind it was like kind of a parallel of that game last season where we kind of saw that and said, "Wow, some something big needs to to change for next week." Now we're five and one this year. We're not quite at that where we're saying, "Oh, big things need to change," but it's that same feeling of uh, kind of being embarrassed after that game because we know the gunslingers are better than what they showed and they know it too. That's sure. true. Uh, remember last year at this
0: time, if I, if I'm trying to look up, I'm, I'm furiously trying to look up last year's uh, record, but I want to say last year, we finally won a game and we were one in five. Cause we went Oh, and five at the beginning of the season. I remember that very clearly.
1: I'm trying to and I
0: think we won that. a game. And and got to one and five. Well, so we flipped that this year. We were five and zero, oh, and we lost the game. We're five and one. Uh, it's just one game. It, it's it's only one game. one game. And all of these folks that um, are are pounding their chest and see, I told you, the gunslingers aren't that good. This is what I was talking about, man. Now we got to show them. Like now, the gunslingers have to show them that they're wrong. Oh, we will. Johnny, Johnny Salazar talking about the Carolina game last year. That was the game where we didn't even know if we were going to make the trip due to the ownership transfer. It was a very bad That's game true. for sure. That was a rough game. I remember that Carolina game being very, very bad. um, Just awful. Ah, here we go. I found the schedule. All right. We did indeed go five, uh, 0-5 last year. We lost to Orlando, Columbus, two bye weeks. We lost at Carolina 72 to 35. Hmm. Then then we got beat by the Predators by 11 points. We lost to Jacksonville on June 3rd. June 11th was our first win and we went 1 and 5. We beat the Albany Empire 59-56 at home in the Freeman Coliseum. That was good. I remember being feeling really good about that win. We would rip off three straight wins. We would beat Albany. We would go to Orlando and beat them. And then we would come back home in one of the most exciting games of last season and beat Carolina in overtime, sixty to 61-60. Uh, to 60. Uh, Jonathan Bain went out of that game with an injury. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we closed out the year with a loss at Albany, uh, a loss against Albany at home, a loss at Columbus, we beat the Sharks here at home. That was the Devin Wilson game where he mm-hmm. uh, ran into Gary, the official. And then we uh, finished out the season with a loss to Albany, in Albany, 61-55. to So a lot of red on the schedule I'm looking at that denotes a loss. Not a lot of green. We won four games last year. We won five already this year. That's getting better, but that's not even the goal. The goal was no. not to get better this year. No. Nope. Uh, you tell the story, Leo, about Don Rackler uh, at the end of last season at that that game or at that uh, party, end of season mm-hmm. party. What did he tell you? What did he tell
2: us? He said, "We're going to win a championship next year." Yeah. And I, yeah, you know, baby. I, I, I kind of, you know, you, you're you're happy to hear it. You're like, you smile, you laugh. You're like, yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I'm I'm being serious. Like We're going to win a championship next year. That's the goal. That's what we're going to do. That's what I'm setting out to do, and I always do what I set out to do. I was like, yes, sir, Mr. Rackler. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville may be our rivals. Like I realize West Texas should probably be our rivals. They're the closest mm-hmm. team. They're another Texas team. Jacksonville, we've had an interesting history with Um, we played a really close game back in June of last year against them in Jacksonville that we lost in the last second of the game. We beat them here in kind of a last minute sort of game, uh, Devin Wilson game again. Then we went to Jacksonville this year and beat them in the last with on the last play of the game, if I remember correctly. And now they have just absolutely rocked us um, this week. I I like the idea of West Texas being our rival, but Jacksonville is somebody that we match up very well with. Um, they may be that rival that we've always kind of looked for.
2: I agree. I, I also think Jacksonville kind of has, uh, they got a chip on their shoulder against us or they got something against the gunslingers because we had the nerve to get that good that fast. That's true. And they've been an organization that's been around for a while. Right. Right. You know, and and uh, you know, they're one of the top organizations in the league. But they've really worked hard at it. They've been around and they've been through the ringer and they've done 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 it all. And then here come the San Antonio gunslingers, and by the end of their first season, they're one of the most feared teams and winning organization of the year award. And I think Jacksonville does not like that very much. Right. Right. So I would
0: tend to agree with you. By the way, not quite a calendar year. I was at the Orlando game on June 17th. So not quite a full calendar year since, I missed, uh, since I've missed since i been to a gunslinger game, but almost.
1: Still a long I'm, time.
0: I'm not going to be there until June 4th. And my last one was June 17th. So I got real close real to close. a full calendar year of no gunslinger football in person. But we're going to fix that.
4: Yeah. What else?
0: What else do we need to cover around the gunslingers or around the football
2: world. Anything new? Anything newsworthy? I mean, we always like to touch on the NFL a little bit. What about this whole DeAndre Hopkins situation? I don't know
0: where he's going to end up. I would love to have him as a Cowboy, obviously. I think DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers to ever play the game. Um, Certainly one of the best receivers in the last... 10 years. I do, however, think he's lost a step. Like, I don't think he was the player he was in Houston. I think the thing that makes the most sense to me, the thing that I've seen floated out there is that he may end up back in Houston. That would be great. They never should have lost him. He is a big part of Houston. Like Andre Johnson was the receiver in Houston forever. And then it became Deandre Hopkins. They had a little bit of overlap. And that got passed on. Bill O'Brien, for whatever reason, traded him to Arizona. I'd love to see him wind up back in
2: Houston. I guess. Um, what about you? What are you thinking? Well, I've been hearing uh, from uh, people that I know that are are fans uh, that the rumor mill is uh, there's been contact with it between, and we know the Chiefs have been right. You know, they they even you know looked into getting him even before his release. Um, And then Buffalo being another possible suitor. Now I would hope he would end up in Buffalo over Kansas city for, you know, obvious reasons. My fandom, I I want Kansas city getting another quality player. Uh, But if he's looking to get a ring, if he's looking to, you know, I I understand the connection with Houston, but if he's looking to go somewhere where he's got a chance of winning a, uh, you know, a championship real quick, then those would be two prime spots for him to go to. Um, I really hope he would take Buffalo over over Kansas City, though.
0: I've seen some talk about Philly. Boy, I don't want that. Mm. Um, for the same reason you don't want him to go to Kansas City, I don't want to see him wind up in Philly. Um, and I have seen, like, not just me being a Cowboy fan and Cowboy honk, I have seen some people saying the Cowboys make a lot of sense for him. Obviously. Um, I'd love to have that kind of talent on my team if, if it's possible. Um we have a hole at receiver. I think he, CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cook become a really strong um, wide receiver battery. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, like that, that would be exciting.
1: So, well, I want someone told me this last it seems like last two weeks that there's a female football team, and I'm like, oh, you mean like a flag football team? They're like, no, like a tackle football team. I haven't heard much about it, so if anyone has some information about the all-female football team here in San Antonio, get in contact. Oh, here in San Antonio. Yeah, here in San Antonio. I would love to do an interview.
0: Because I know there's the Legends Football League, which used to be the Lingerie Football League. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not Um, doing that. Those girls play hard. Those Mm -hmm. girls play football. In
1: Lingerie?
0: Uh,
2: they do play I don't. I don't like the
1: gimmick thing of it.
0: That was
2: before. That that, I don't think they do that anymore. By the way, coincidentally, one of those players, one one notable player from that league, she ended up becoming a referee in the XFL. Oh yeah, yeah. So,
1: well, reach out to me if anyone knows anybody from that league, lingerie or not. I want to (laughs) talk.
2: Yeah, if there's a, a franchise here in San Antonio, a team in San Antonio that's doing that, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we'd I could love come those. like that.
0: Yeah, it's that. pro. It's pro football here in San Antonio. Right. We would absolutely love mm-hmm. uh, to cover that, be a part of that, because we're excited about football in San Antonio. Professional football. That's right. And San Antonio is what we're all about. And to that end, when it comes to professional football in San Antonio, uh, whether it's in the arena or whether it is uh, in the on the hundred yard field, if it's played by boys or played by girls, if it's professional hey. football in San Antonio, whether it's up in uh, or uh, down in Orlando, Jacksonville, up at Albany, uh, over in Seattle, when the Brahmas get back to work or in Vegas or San Diego, maybe question mark? Maybe. Um, I've already seen some possibility that, that Vegas may be on the move. I think San Diego makes more sense. I've said that the whole time. No matter where they play football, when it comes to professional football, the 2-1-0 has got something to say.
1: Bang, bang.